What's up, guys? Welcome back to a brand new episode on the T-Wood Show. On this episode, I was able to get Joseph Wooster, one of my good friends and teammates from college, on this episode, and I'll talk with him about how the growth of the United Soccer League has just exploded over the past few years. And I will also ask him about his involvement with two local teams there in Greenville, South Carolina, one of them being an amateur club called Greenville FC, standing for football club, and a professional club that's brand new this season that's playing in a USL League One called Greenville Triumph SC, standing for soccer club. Without further ado, here's my interview with Joseph Wooster. Joe, thank you so much for taking time out of your own night to be on my podcast today. I really appreciate you taking the time, man. Yeah, man. Looking forward to it here. So can you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself, where you grew up, where you went to school, where you went to college, kind of your playing career as well. Um, so where did you start going to school in high school? Where'd you go? Yeah. So went to Bob Jones Academy here in Greenville. Um, I had grown up, my dad taught over there at the university, so grew up in that area. Um, ended up playing county soccer growing up here at a couple of fields in the area. Um, and then for college, ended up going to Bob Jones University um, and ended up, so they didn't have a team my freshman year. And then middle of my freshman year, they started a team, uh, they announced the team starting up my sophomore year then. Um, so tried out for it my sophomore year when that was starting up. Ended up not making the team that year. Um, but then ended up the year after that, made the team, started, and played for the next couple of years there. Um, nice. So that's kind of the through college and playing career, and then now post-college, just playing some rec leagues here and there in the Greenville area. I love that, Joe. Yeah. That was a mistake, by the way, that one year that you didn't make it. That was definitely a mistake. <laughs> just saying. It was a good my... growing year. <laughs> I'm sure you grew a lot. And I will say, guys, uh, Joseph was a teammate of mine at Bob Jones University Bruins, um, playing keeper. And I will say this, Joe. Okay, don't blush, but you were one of the best keepers on the squad. Okay, you were. Um, and that's me saying it. Uh, whatever that means to you, but you you definitely were a great keeper. I can, I can picture in my mind right now that we're at Southern Wesleyan University. I think it was my junior year. I'm not sure exactly when, but... I just remember an incredible save you had. It was off a corner, their corner. Southern Wesleyan had a corner. And, I mean, the guy just whipped it in real real hard. And then there was a header. I mean, that it hit him square in the forehead. Like, there was so much power behind this header. I couldn't believe it. But then, all of a sudden, you just sprang like a squirrel, like a flying squirrel, and this pawed the ball out of the air. I was like... Oh my goodness! Yes, I don't know if you remember that play, Joe. Do you remember that at Southern? I do. That uh, that game has gone down as probably the best game I've ever played before, um, and played since. So that's definitely a highlight etched in my brain. Oh yeah, I definitely remember that. Another another memory of mine too about you, Joseph, was at Montreat. You had a great game yep. away against Montreat. I think that was my sophomore year potentially, or maybe it was my freshman year. I'm not sure. All the years kind of blend together, you know what I mean? Uh, but Montreat, you also had an incredible just reaction save that was just that blew my mind. And you really, you really made us, you know, stay in that game at least, you know, for for a long time. If we weren't playing that great, but man, you held us in there, and it was awesome. So thank you, Joseph, for your your savior, your saviorness of our team. 
<laughs> Some good memories there. Yes, definitely. Now, uh, but speaking, moving on past college, I know you're involved with some Greenville local teams there in Greenville. Um, speaking of the Greenville um, FC, I believe is the name. Yeah. And they play in now the USL Division Two. Is that correct? So they, uh, so Greenville FC is actually an NPSL team. Yes. Okay. So that's a USL. So they're, so they're still a step outside of USL. I got you. So you're not even affiliated with the USL at this point. The Greenville FC is not. Gotcha. See, that's good to know because I was telling people on the street, you know, if they asked me, hey, Greenville FC, you ever heard of them? I said, yeah, I think they're part of the uh, USL Division too. So I've been telling lies to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, but thank you for correcting me there. That's, yeah, so that's definitely... Uh, one of the cool things with them being around is that since they are an ESL team, um, it allows players to actually still be a part of that and keep their eligibility as an amateur. So that's oh. a team that we can get a lot of college guys in. I think I even saw this week that they may have signed like three local high school standouts. Um, really? Oh, yeah, I didn't yeah. see that. I think a keeper was one of them and then a couple other guys. Um, so that's cool to be able to see them be able to have that kind of an impact here in the community. Yes, for sure. And I think that's they do a great job of keeping it local, like as far as local talent. I think that's yeah. smart. I think it's really cool. Well, and that's um, one of the things that Greenville FC. So I had met with, uh, so kind of background in my life. Um, growing up playing soccer, always loved sports, always wanted to work with sports. Um, growing up through college, plan on being in sports, and then afterwards, life kind of happened. Stuff happened here and there. Um, so that career path didn't really pan out, but obviously still wanted to stay involved. So back when Greenville FD was announced, I had reached out to him just saying, hey, I'd love to be involved with you guys somehow. Don't know what that'll look like, but I'd love to you know, be involved if I can. Um, so back, I think it was December of like 2017, 2018 maybe. I think 2017. Yes, 2017. Okay. Um, I met with... Uh, Marco, who is one of the owners of Greenville FC, um, and we talked, and uh, Marco is the kind of guy, so he actually got drafted MLS, I think Houston Dynamo, oh. um, for preseason, and he uh, had some struggles, had some issues, and just things there weren't panning out for him, and he knew that he wouldn't be able to keep up at that level just with the issues he was having. Right. And, um, which for me resonated with the injuries and issues that I had with my knee through college and playing and all that too. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, so sitting down and chatting with Marco, it was clear that his vision for Greenville FC was very much one focused on the community of Greenville first. Um, and I think that's definitely the scene panning out through their first year and a half year of being a team and a club. That is awesome. Now, that's super cool you're able to meet Marco and, mm-hmm. and be connected with the people like that. That's super cool, dude. And that's really cool that he played in MLS. I think that really helps too. Like his experience um, as a player, I think really helps him too. kind of grow to, to start the, the league or start the team and, and grow mm-hmm. it in Greenville. I think uh, with his credibility of being a professional, I think goes a long way. Yeah. Sure. And that especially from, just the development side of the team, having that understanding of what it's like at different stages and different levels. I think Greenville 
there's definitely the interest and the passion for that level of soccer, but I think so long we've lacked that kind of an infrastructure to be able to build that. So I think that kind of a background from him allowed him to bring that sort of an infrastructure to Greenville FC. Yeah, that's really cool, Judd. Now, um, as I hear this, uh, you are actually a lot more involved in another Greenville team, uh, mm-hmm. which is the Greenville Triumph. And they literally just came on the map, exploded on the map uh, last year, late last year, 2018, um, as the Greenville Triumph F- uh, SC. And uh, mm-hmm. you are involved how? Yeah, so I am part of the advisory committee. Um, so basically we meet, we meet once a month, um, and they always have a different topic or different things that they want to go over and just kind of sound off the community. Again, one of the things that I've loved with Greenville Triumph is their emphasis on the community. Um, it's not just a uh, sports organization that's there in the communities around it. Um, instead, they truly are trying to build it with the emphasis on the community and being a team for the community. Um, yeah. So we've met and we've talked about things like we got to hear about the stadium when they were choosing that. Um, our last meeting, we got to sit in and be a part of the jersey release. Nice. Um, so that was cool just to see what went in behind that a little bit. Um, but just different stuff like that that we've gotten to chat about and talk about with them. That's super cool, dude. And I've always wanted to be kind of something involved with something like a club like that, uh, which I, here in Raleigh, I do work, some work with, you know, the uh, North Carolina Football Club and mm-hmm. North Carolina Courage, which is the women's team, which they won their league last year, by the way. Side note. Yeah. Um, but uh, I, I did uh, game day staff, so I did. I sold some tickets at the window. I ushered some VIP sections, some odd jobs here and there on game day. But I would love to be involved in something like what you are doing, like on on a um, you know basically basically like a, a community board uh, um, there, like you are at Greenville Triumph, and to have some type of yeah, input and that was the community, you know. So that was something that just didn't expect to be able to be a part of it. Um, they had posted a link saying, hey, we're looking for people to volunteer with our advisory committee. If you're interested, fill out this application. I was like, well, worst thing that happens is I fill it out and they say, hey, thanks for your time, but you know, we're looking at someone else instead. Um, so filled it out and a couple weeks later got an email saying, hey, congrats, we want to invite you to be a part of the team. That is awesome. So that was a cool, cool opportunity there. That's super cool. And I, I know um, you did, you've been living in Greenville for a while. How long have you been living in Greenville? So I've lived in Greenville for 26 years, so my whole life. Wow. So you're really a perfect pickup for them. I mean, you know Greenville at the back of your hand. Literally. Yeah, so it's been cool seeing Greenville grow. I mean, it's it's just a crazy growing community right now. I think I just saw like two or three weeks ago TripAdvisor name Greenville as one of like the top 20 places to visit in 2019. I believe it. Um, so Greenville's just exploded on the map the last couple of years. Um, and I think that's led to these opportunities for Greenville FC and Greenville Triumph really to dig into the community and really be able to thrive as a team and a club. Yeah. And you also had some notes about the different leagues around Greenville right now um, that, are, that are growing. And there's some numbers here that you sent me. Uh, speaking of minor league baseball, um, talk a little bit about that, kind of the growth with that. Uh, yeah, with the so Greenville Drive. Greenville Drive came on the scene a good while ago. Um, 
but it was cool. So I was in getting ready to talk about this with you today. I was looking up just to see what their attendance has been. Um, in like the last 10 years, they've averaged almost 5,000 people um, nice. at, a, at each game. Um, so it's cool to see a team like the Greenville Drive be able to already be a part of the community and see them thriving as a club. Um, they just won their conference last year, the year before. Um, so even from performance on the field, they're doing a great job too. Uh, that is awesome. Um, yeah. Tying in with the hockey team too. Um, seeing their attendance, they've averaged right around 4,000, um, which that's right around the league average as well, which is cool to see. I mean, you think about that, that's places like that have teams, Greensboro, bigger cities like that that have teams, and being able to see Greenville put out an attendance to a event like that is really cool. Yeah, and it speaks well of the city. And uh, you guys should also check out, too, like I think the Greenville Triumph did a good job when they um, unveiled or revealed their brand. Uh, mm-hmm. And there was a, they had a really cool video about it, about how Greenville has triumphed over the years. And yeah. I think they're only continue, continually going to grow. And uh, I think you guys should check it out if you have time. I will probably post it on my uh, T Wood Show Facebook of the Greenville Triumph video. You can guys go on there later. I'll have that video up there for you guys. Uh, it talks a little bit about Greenville's um, success over the years. Um, and so let's talk a little bit more specifically about the USL and kind of how it's exploding as well. So not only has Greenville grown a ton um, with two soccer clubs popping on the scene, um, but the USL, you know, with their rebranding as well, uh, late last year into this year, uh, has now uh, developed a, a basically a three-tier system where they have a championship, which is the top level in the professional uh, USL, and then you have um, basically USL 1, which is a step lower, and that's where the Greenville Triumph um, are playing in, correct, Joe? Correct. And then you have USL 2, which is just under that, and then under that is the Development League, which Greenville FC plans. So the USL, I've been reading this article, and I, I know um, we were both looking at this, but the USL has been growing. And um, according to their stats, this past weekend, their opening weekend, they had a league record of 91,425 fans across 17 games. Uh, so according to them, that's kicking off the best, the biggest season in a championship's history. Um, and that's just the first division in the USL. Um, so that's that's still pretty impressive. I mean, I mean they, they've been growing. Um, I think it's up by like 20 and some odd um, number for percentage of growth compared to last year, which is pretty good. Um, and so the USL really is making some noise. I wondered, though, Joe, is do you ever think the USL would start to do promotion of relegation? I know that could be a whole other podcast, but what are some thoughts about that? So I think that's a lot of the popularity that we see in USL right now is people want to see that kind of a promotion relegation being brought to the U.S. Um, I think that's especially in light of everything that went down with this last World Cup. Um, Everybody's saying players need to go overseas. You know, we're just – the infrastructure here just isn't set up the same. It's not going to be like that. We can't develop players here and compete. Um, Personally, I think that promotion relegation is a big part of that because I think that 
knowing that you have to compete day in and day out in order to keep your spot as a team, not just as an individual on a team, but as a team being able to stay in your league. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's a big motivator and going to bring out the best in teams. Um, yeah. So I don't think USL is there yet, but I think that's a big attractiveness for USL in America right now is being able to bring that kind of an infrastructure for promotion and relegation. Yeah. I think one of the prime examples of the the way it can actually, it can work uh, in a way, because if you look at Cincinnati FC, mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> talk about a fan base that this came out of nowhere i feel like and they're showing up like i don't know 50,000 strong or probably more than that i don't know but like they showed up and look at them now they're in the they're in the mls they started their first um mls season this year and they actually got their first points against your atlanta united by the way Mm-hmm. Um, which was big for them. And you could tell, like, them coming from the USL, I mean, I almost feel like the USL and MLS are competing. And I, I, they are, I feel like. But would you think the MLS would work with them with the promotion relegation? Or do you think USL would just keep it within its bounds of, of promotion relegation only within USL? What do you think about bringing the MLS in with that? I would, or how would that work? I would love to see that. I don't think it's there yet, but I would love to see that again because that brings that motivation of I want to stay as an MLS club or from a USL standpoint, I want to push to be an MLS team. Um, I think it brings that level of motivation to clubs. Um, again, I don't know if it's there yet with the infrastructure and the talent and just everything there. But even so last year, I think I've seen that FC Cincinnati was averaging like 25,000 fans per game as a USL team which that's just crazy to think about. Um, Yes. So I think there's definitely opportunity for that. Even looking down, I don't know if you're familiar with Carolina Challenge Cup that goes on down in Charleston. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, And, I mean, every year you've got Charleston Battery, which is a USL team, being able to play against three MLS teams. Um, Yes. First year I went to that, they had Atlanta United and New York FC. Um, So that, I mean – the talent that they have coming to that tournament is huge. Um, even this mm-hmm. year when I went down, it was FC Cincinnati, Columbus Crew, Chicago Fire. Um, oh. And it was good soccer. It was fun to watch. Um, so I think talent can be there. I think you can definitely work that in. And I would love to see MLS bring it in promotion relegation with USL. Yeah. I think it would be cool too. And I think I've, uh, – I mean, the majority of Americans – um, I feel like who who kind of know the game of soccer. I mean, everywhere else in the world has promotion relegation, mm-hmm. and it seems to work. I mean, <laughs> you could see how the players work hard. I mean, honestly, if you're a USL team, you're sitting at the bottom of the table. You have no pressure. I mean, besides personally, mm-hmm. you know, like it, what if we had the pressure of oh, you're gonna go down a league, bro, if you don't, you know, get some points on the table. So the motivation behind the whole idea or concept of promotion relegation, I think is awesome. I think it's just a, I think, it's a motivator. I think it'd be cool to see that because I think I don't, this is just spitballing at this point, but I almost wonder if that would bring a, not that people aren't loyal to teams, but I feel like in American sports, it's all just a business decision to, uh, Oh, I want to get that next big paycheck. Mm-hmm. Um, so I almost wonder if, promotion relegation would kind of solve that. Hey, I want to make this team an 
MLS team. So instead of just jumping at the next contract I'm offered, I'm going to actually stay here and develop and build this club up. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. And I know you mentioned about infrastructure, about how it could work. Mm -hmm. And I think that would probably be the biggest question mark for me because of the stadium sizes. I mean, I think it comes down to like pride of the owners. Like, okay, yeah, we're we're only going to have like a 10,000 seat stadium. Like NCFC has, they can only hold 10,000 compared to an MLS team, which I think you're required. If you have to build a new stadium, I think you're required to have at least 20,000 seats. That wouldn't surprise me at all. I, you guys can fact check me on that, but I'm pretty sure that's what the requirement is. If you're starting, if you're going to build a new stadium, soccer specific stadium for the MLS. Um, but at the same time, I don't know if that really matters to the point of the product on the field. And I feel like the product on the field and some USL teams, especially in the championship for sure, can definitely take on some MLS teams. And in the and that's why I love the Open Cup. The Open Cup yep. just brings open, no pun intended, opportunities for these USL teams to just showcase their talent and realize, hey, you know, we're here, just like FC Cincinnati did. I mean, they showed up in the, in the Open Cup. That I just remember that game against the Columbus Crew, I believe, and also the Chicago Fire. I mean, they they were awesome. And look at them now. They're in MLS. So congrats to their success in that. Um, but I feel like cities across America right now, I mean, there's soccer fans out there in the woodworks that just need to come out. And you're seeing a ton. Like Las Vegas Lights FC. I mean, they had – uh, over 8,000 fans to that game. Um, Sacramento Republic FC, they had 10, over 10,000 fans at that, that, that opener. Um, so you, you have these cities just popping up in, in, in America where you, sometimes you don't expect. And you just, you're kind of surprised by how many people are actually into soccer. And they just needed an outlet. They needed something to do. And the USL, I think, provided that, that smaller scale infrastructure and to make the players on the field feel like, oh, yeah, you know, this is a sellout crowd, even though there's 8,000 people, but they still feel like, you know, oh, wow, you know, we filled out the stadium. And you feel good as a player, you know, mm-hmm. um, to see that happen. So I think there's a lot of good things happening in the USL. Um, but, um, again, maybe the one question mark for me would be the infrastructure if we're going to do the promotion relegation within the MLS as well. Um, yeah, and I, so. I think going with that, the can. And there is, let's say that Greenville FC comes out and just knocks everybody's socks off. Well, what happens if they had promotion and relegation? If they then become an MLS team with a, this first year they were playing at a local high school legacy charter, um, and they put up I think it's a 4,000 seat temporary stadium seating. So what happens if you know you had a team like that that doesn't have that big of a venue, ends right. up as an MLS team and you've got to fit that demand now. Yeah. Um, so I think that's still where there's question marks. I am excited. I know you mentioned Open Cup. Um, mm-hmm. Greenville Triumph is actually going to be a part of that, I believe. Yes. Um, so I'm excited to see how they do there. I know they scrimmaged against New England Revolution a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the result at halftime, it was, I think, 1-1, maybe 2-1. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Ended up, they lost 4-1, but still that was, you know, a week after they started practicing and ended up scrimmaging an MLS team like that. So I'm curious <laughs> yeah. to see and excited to for coming here oh i know man like i was really excited i was pumped when i saw that article on facebook they posted about the game like a game recap and i was like man this is legit they're playing an mls team in preseason this is legit i mean i think greenville can be excited about this 
Yeah. Seriously. And as I was talking, I know I interviewed or I had a whole other podcast episode you guys can check out uh, with the chief brand officer, uh, Doug Irwin. And we discussed a little bit about, um, you know, how the team has come together and produced a good product on the field with, of course, John Harkis, I believe is how you pronounce his last name. Harkis, is that correct? Um, uh, it's Harks. Or Harks. I've heard Harkis for some reason, but forgive You're me, good. John Harks. Uh, I would love to have you on my podcast, by the way. Sorry. Okay. Enough rabbit trailing. But anyway, uh, we, Doug Irwin and I, we talked about kind of the, the branding and, and everything of Greenville Triumph. But the product on the field that John Harks has put together, I think, is really good. And I think Greenville could be excited about that. And, and also, I think Doug Irwin touched on the fact that they are looking at getting a location for building a new stadium. So I don't know, Joe, if you have insider news. I don't know if you can share any thoughts about that or if that's cl- behind um, closed doors. So uh, at this point, I know they're planning on being at Legacy Charter for the foreseeable future. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously with a club like that, you're going to want your own home where you can set your own games and be in charge of your own schedule. Um, as far as what all they have planned, if they're currently looking at sites or where that, I don't know any of that information. Um, but I would definitely expect that Greenville Triumph is going to want to have their own home. Um, I mean, even if they brought something, Greenville FC just announced about a month or two ago, I think, that they're going to start a development academy. Um, obviously, it's still young for Greenville Triumph, but I thought it would even be a cool, if they had a home where they could do something like that, would be a cool opportunity. Oh, um, sure. But as far as what's currently in the works or where things stand on that, I'm assuming they want their own home because from what everything I can tell, Greenville Triumph is here to make waves and here to stay for a long time. So I think with that definitely comes wanting to have their own home. Yeah. And I think that would be a huge step in the right direction for Greenville Triumph. Obviously, I think the ownership group too, I mean, um, everybody who's behind Greenville FC uh, to make it happen, you know, um, I think has that good, has that vision of, making sure that happens, making sure they have, you know, a home here. They built the infrastructure to, um, you know, house these players and they can stay here for a long time and enjoy uh, Greenville as a community. And they can come out to each game and say, you know what? This stadium is ours, man. Let's take ownership. And you can see that like Atlanta United did. I mean, that was, that was nuts. I mean, they took over, was it Bobby Dodd stadium in, in Greenville or <laughs> Greenville tech, uh, Georgia tech. Uh, I mean, they sold out that stuff. I mean, I think I think the excitement in Greenville too. I think is 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 good, and I think yeah. it's only positive things going forward. Um, and I think that's the the success that every soccer fan has seen from Atlanta United. I think is the same success that every when I met with Marco for Greenville FC. I know he mentioned wanting to replicate Atlanta United. Um, hearing the guys at Greenville Triumph talk, they met with people from Atlanta United. So that's. I feel like Atlanta United kind of is the gold standard right now of, okay, they did things right. Now how do we replicate what they did with our own flair to it? Yeah, and that's smart. It's just like in business. You know, you need to seek out mentors, and you, you find people who have experienced growth or they've experienced starting a business or they've experienced starting a soccer club, you know, from scratch. And Atlanta United is a prime example, and that, mm-hmm. that was definitely smart of Greenville FC. Or Greenville SC, or is it Greenville FC? 
It's Greenville for football. Greenville Football Club. I think they did it right with that. They they got it right on that. And uh, I'm excited to see the season, man. I think I think it's cool to finally see a a season in Greenville uh, happen in the next couple weeks, right? When's the first game? Do you know? Yeah. So their first away game is on the 28th um, here in March. So that's going to be, uh, I think that's Tormenta FC down in Georgia somewhere. That sounds right. Um, and then they've actually got, I think it's like 25-ish days until their first home opener here April 6th. Nice. And that's Mark that down, folks. Lansing night. So April 6th, everybody, I know Greenville Triumph, everybody there is looking forward to that date. Get to have their own little Super Bowl of unreal. <laughs> they're revealing their own new club and just getting everything out there and putting the product on the field. That's, that's so exciting, man. I, I'm, I, I might even just come down, even though I live in Raleigh, it's about four hours to Greenville. That might just be worth the chip just to, you know, see the first game. Because honestly, you don't, you don't get that often. Like in five years from now, Joe, I mean, all these cl- soccer clubs, I mean, obviously they're still popping up here and there, but like, Five years from now, I'd be like, man, I wish I was there at the first game. You know, like I was there at the very first game when this started. And look at us now. Look where this club is now five years later. I'm, I'm, I'm just curious to see where the Greenville FC is going to be in five years. Yeah. I think and it's going to be crazy. Definitely keep an eye out. So far, the only tickets that have been on sale for their first home opener have been season tickets. And then they did a five-game ticket package. I yes. think this Friday, they announced when they're going to start selling single-game tickets, including that home opener. So curious to see what the demand is going to be like, how quickly that's going to go. I would assume it's going to sell out, um, but be curious to see how that goes. Yeah, for sure, guys. Go check it out. If you're in Greenville right now, you're listening to this. You're probably, you know, my friend or family. <laughs> uh, you make sure you you get a ticket because you don't want to miss part of history. Okay, this is something that's going to be part of history. You can be part of it. So go check it out. Get a ticket. Even though I'm four hours away, I might even be there. I think I should, honestly. Um, but, yeah, that's really good, Joe. I'm, I'm super excited. I know you are as well. Um, and so do you have any other thoughts about the USL, though? I know they've had some great – they had a 29% rise in, in its opening weekend compared to a season ago. Um, and then they had a – and it's a 55% rise um, from 2017. So the league is, is going up and up and up, and Greenville FC is, is only adding to that part of history. And so I think the USL, I think it's where it's at right now with, with, with the majority of America because there's so many teams. Uh, there's so many different outlets. If you're, you know, because um, right now the MLS, there's, there's only, uh, you know, there's only a few clubs out there um, that are close to you. But with the USL, I mean, they're, they're almost in every state, I feel like, um, besides Alaska or in Hawaii. I think those are the only two. But um, do you have any other thoughts about the USL and how it's grown? It's just, like you said, it's just exploded on the scene, especially the last couple of years. Um, there's so much good soccer that's around. Um, even here in the Greenville area now with these two teams uh, branching out nearby, Georgia, North Carolina, there's just so much that's exploding right now. Um, and I think ultimately it excites me because of, yes, what's coming to Greenville, um, but it excites me to see the growth in America, um, especially with World Cup coming 2026. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of this is laying a lot of that really, really solid groundwork 
um, to where that can be a phenomenal World Cup. I know me and my wife have already started budgeting because I'm going to a game in 2026. Um, yes. But I'm excited about that foundation that's being laid now for what's coming with soccer in America. Yes, I'm glad you mentioned the World Cup because that's one of my goals, guys, on this podcast is to get at least awareness to who knows I can get a press pass and be on the field on 2026. That would be cool. I'm, I'm just saying. So if, you guys could probably help me by just sharing this podcast. I know it helped Joe for sure. You know, he, he can get a free ticket because he's been on my podcast. He's been on my podcast. Anyway, yeah, I'm super pumped though, Joe. The World Cup coming to America in 2026. If I can go to every game, I would. If I had the money, I would. Um, but I think one of the one of the ways I could probably get there is getting a press pass. Do you think that's smart? I think that uh, that might get you on the field if you did that. <laughs> and, and my dream is just to interview Christian Pulisic in 2026 on the field. That would be amazing. And that's, what, eight years from now? It's 2019, 2026. Coming up on yeah. seven. Seven years. So seven years, guys. Let's hope I'm there on the field with Joseph Wooster right by my side. <laughs> <laughs> Two legends. Yes. From Bob Jones University <laughs> in Greenville in Raleigh, North Carolina. But anyway, thank you so much, Joseph, for being on my podcast today. This episode was great, talking about the USL and how it's exploded across America. And as an American soccer fan and fans, I think we can all be excited what's happening right now in the USL. And especially if you're in Greenville, you should especially be excited about this Greenville FC team that's in the USL Division One. So, again, thank you, Joe, for taking the time to talk with us or talk with me and our listeners. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me on. All right, Joe. You have a great rest of your night, man. You too, Travis. Okay. Peace out. Bye.